Live streaming provided by Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Video. Visit tunein.alphageekradio.com to learn more. Finally, Friday is being brought to you by the Major Spoilers, VIPs from around the world, and yes, they are from around the world. Everyone chipping in to make sure that this show and everything that we do at Major Spoilers is made possible and keeps going week after week. If you would like to become a Major Spoilers VIP, all you need to do is point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Hello, everyone. It is Friday. I'm Steven Schleicher, and... uh, I bet you're like me and you're sitting there going, man, I'm glad it's finally Friday. My youngest woke up this morning. He's like, yes, it's Friday. And I'm like, why do you care? And he's like, because that means I get to play Xbox tomorrow. And he gets to play a bunch of uh, Lego Xbox uh, stuff. That's what he likes to do. Before we get into your phone calls, which is how this show works best, we should probably get into some news. There we go. Let us start off with some Supergirl news. We already know that the Man of Steel will be coming to uh, to the Supergirl next season. It will be more than a shadow and a cape and a pair of boots. But it looks like they're going to be adding a lot more characters to the cast when it debuts on the CW in the fall. TV Line says that it has an inside source that says Lena Luthor will travel to National City to get out of the shadow of her older brother Lex. Lena Luthor was introduced in Supergirl, uh, Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane number 23 in 1961, and at that time was Kara's best friend. How many of you want to take bets on how long that friendship will last in the television series? Project Cadmus will continue to be featured next season, and the Doctor, no, not that Doctor, will use her skills to implant prisoners with alien technology. While names have not been officially named, everyone is expecting uh, the Doctor to be Serling Roquette, Project Cadmus was introduced in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 133, which also kicked off the fourth world and introduced uh, Jack Kirby's New Gods. Snapper Carr, a veteran journalist, will make a name for himself at CatCo next fall. While uh, those of us in the know recognize the name as the first Justice League sidekick way back when they were still meeting under a giant rock. Now, Snapper Carr first appeared in The Brave and the Bold number 28 that introduced us to the Justice League. And uh, that issue also featured the team, minus Batman and Superman, battling Starro for the first time. Also joining will be Nick Farrow. That is not a comic book uh, character, but he will be the son of a famous reporter looking to make a name for himself in National City. Finally, look for Maggie Sawyer of the newly formed Science Police to step in to deal with metahumans and alien threats. I don't know if that means that that's National City doing this or if that means that our alien task force is going to be dissolved. In the comics, Detective Maggie Sawyer first appeared in Superman number 4 from 1987, and though the character has popped up in Superman the Animated Series and on Smallville, she moved to Gotham City in 2002 during the launch of the Gotham Central series. Now, before we leave this story, I can't let the Science Police reference go unnoticed here. Now, in the DC Universe, the Science Police are present in the 21st century, as well as the 30th and 31st centuries. In the 30th and 31st centuries, the science police serve under the jurisdiction of the United Planets and work closely with, you guessed it, the Legion of Superheroes. 
With Superman and the rest of the new characters coming on board the Supergirl series and with that Legion flight ring that we saw both in the Supergirl series and while Barry was traveling uh, between worlds on uh, the Flash series, and not to mention the time-traveling episodes of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, I think we're casually being prepped for a Legion of Superheroes television series for 2018. Now, not for the fall, but 2018. Mentioned my son playing Lego uh, games on the Xbox. Well, Lego Dimensions is ready to unleash a new wave of sets, and the toy company has landed a number of interesting properties that will make the, uh, your Lego pl- uh, gameplay very interesting. 16 new properties will launch on September 30th with a Ghostbusters story pack, Adventure Time and Mission Impossible level packs, Harry Potter and Adventure Time team packs, and an A-Team fun pack. Although someone here typed it in my notes, Funk Pack, which with BA, it could be a Funk Pack. Other expansion packs will include Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, more Lego Batman movie characters, The Goonies, Sonic the Hedgehog, Teen Titans Go, uh, Lego City Undercover, Knight Rider, yes, Knight Rider, The Power of Puff Girls, Gremlins, Beetlejuice, and E.T. the Extraterrestrial. All of those sets will begin in uh, September or at the end of September, and they will roll out into the stores well into next summer. In addition to the added characters, Lego Dimension will offer battle arenas where up to four uh, players can use minifigures from Wave 6 through 9, and they will be able to enter those battle arenas and fight it out. Finally today, and this is where you start getting your phone lines, uh, your phone uh, fingers dialing, we have some movie news. Sasha Baron Cohen looks like he's ready to take on a magical new role as Mandrake the Magician. While everything is still being nailed down, the reports that Sasha Baron Cohen will star in The Magician popularized in the 1930s comic book strips has many Mandrake fans very excited. Mandrake the Magician had a 12-part serialized uh, movie that came out in 1939, a TV movie in 1979, and if you're a kid of the 80s, you probably remember Mandrake from the animated series Defenders of the Earth, which also featured the Phantom and Flash Gordon. If you're a Dynamite Entertainment reader... You're probably familiar with Mandrake the Mission, a magician, as his exploits have been chronicled both in his own series and in the King's Quest series, as well as Defenders series. The King's Quest uh, is a reference to the King's Syndicate, which is where all of these characters come from. There's no word if the Mandrake movie has been greenlit, so keep this under your hat for right now. And there we go. That is the news that we have for this week. And the phone lines are now open at 785-727-1939. If you want to call that number, I'd be more than happy to talk with you. Or you can find me on Skype at Stephen underscore Schleicher. A lot of people in the chat. We've got Just the Red in there. Matthew uh, has shown up. Jarmo is there. Uh, people can ask questions in there. Uh, Jess says, the Night Rider was filmed here in my city. I was an extra hippie protester in an episode. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, if you don't want to call 785-727-1939, Certainly pick up the phone or pick up your Skype and call me at Stephen underscore Schleicher. I cannot wait to talk with you this week. And we can talk about whatever's on your mind, whatever is exciting, whatever is going on, um, anything. And now's the time. (laughs) Um, I don't know what else is going on here. I probably had a couple of uh, things to talk about, but they have uh, at the moment slipped in my mind. I'm sure they will pop up. I I do want to point people over to the members site members.majorspoilers.com. If you are not a VIP, now would be a great time to sign up. Um, you know, a little bit every every month uh, goes a long way. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, $2 a month 
is the minimum that we're asking people to contribute so that we can continue to do this. We've been doing it for 10 years, coming up on 10 years at the end of the month, and uh, we would like to continue this. And we can't do so with your help. Now, of course, uh, every membership page has its pluses uh, and benefits, uh, a benefit for um, paying a little extra, like 5 or $10 a month gets you access to other things, including this weekend, we have a live gold member VIP live chat that's going on. So if you're a gold member, you just log into the site, you'll see the chat over there, and you'll be able to talk with us about anything that's on your mind there. Uh, this weekend, I believe, I know for sure Rob will be here uh, Brian, I think, is looking for a new car, so I don't know if he will be here in time for that. Um, and then Matthew said he tentatively might be here as well. But uh, as you get into that, you will see we have a bonus podcast, the Flashback podcast that you can check out, as well as bonus uh, clips from podcasts, uh, articles, uh, artwork, a whole lot more over there at members.majorspoilers.com. So please take a moment out of your time. Go sign up. I know everyone who is a VIP uh, is very pleased that they're VIPs, and we want to see more of you sign up so we can continue to do this. Um, the song at the end of Major Spoilers podcast initially sounds like Matthew and Ashley are singing. Uh, I don't know which song you're talking about, but no, that would not be the case. Uh, there are two songs at the end of the Major Spoilers podcast. One is by uh, James, I want to say his name is Thatcher, who wrote the song for us a long time ago. The other one is Ookla the Mock, which is a, um, a great band. They're the ones that do the Stop Talking About Comic Book so song, and they have been around forever. And if you've never checked out Ookla the Mock, I would suggest uh, you do that. In fact, uh, next week, uh, well, Rand, actually, one of the members of Ookla the Mock, actually contributes articles over at Major Spoilers. If you have not read his articles, they're really good. Uh, the most recent one that he has written is about Rebirth, DC Universe, Rebirth number one, and he talks about... Um, some of the comic book ties uh, specifically to Watchmen and why this may or may not be a big deal. Uh, so you might want to go over there and check that out. And you don't might want to go over there. You do want to go over there and check that out. And um, uh, next week on Zach on Film, Zach and I sit down and we talk about uh, a little movie called Big in Japan. And that kind of spins off into a discussion that we have about other small indie bands that could make an indie movie project and do quite well. Uh, with it. So um, you'll want to listen to next week's Zach on film for sure. 785-727-1939. That's the number that you want to call. What is the currently your favorite phone app or game right now, Stephen? Uh, well, my current favorite phone app, uh, I guess if you're talking about making phone calls would be my iPhone. I love making phone calls on that. Um, I have not had a chance to play a lot of games lately on my iPhone. I don't, I really don't have a lot of games on there. Um, the games that I do have, I don't even know what games I have on this one. More of them are on my iPad. For some reason I have bang on here, which I've only played once or twice and Tetris for when, uh, the kids are bored at a restaurant. I can just say, here, go play Tetris for a little bit. Um, Atmos I have on here, which is a fun game. I still really like that or Atomos, or whatever that you say. it, And then I have a uh, mobile version, uh, phone version of, of Hearthstone, which is okay to play in a pinch, but I'd rather play it on a much bigger, uh, much bigger device. Uh, so that's my favorite uh, games that I would have on my phone. Uh, as far as a apps, usually I'm using the social apps a lot. Um, I still use Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter a lot on the phone because those are the ones that I can use to communicate with all of you. Um, 
I don't know what Kukla the Mock is, but it's Ukla, O-O-K-L-A, the Mock. That's what you want to go with. Hi, Jarbo. How are you? Hi, Stephen. Uh, what is, remind me again, what country are you in? From Finland. Okay, because uh, someone wrote in, we recorded a mailbag this week on Critical Hit, and they're like, I may be the only person from Finland that has ever written to you. And I'm like, I don't think so. So, okay. Oh, I guess then there is two of us. There are two of you, yes, indeed. So what's up with you this week? Nothing much, just chilling right now, but I I saw the last parts of your Mandrake the Magician mm-hmm. thing. I, I came in a little too late to see okay. it all, but... That's fine. But I thought I'd share my thoughts about the Mandrake. Okay. I remember him best from the second, kind of secondary series from Finnish edition of The Phantom. Oh, okay, yeah. Our comic books tend to be a lot thicker than the American ones because because they are published kind of later and mm-hmm. they like to collect the two or three three American American one is in one one go and right. they are like sixty eight or or even ninety pages. Oh yeah, that's most nice. of the time. And I remember Mandrake was was a lot of the time the there was two two or three phantoms and then then one one mandrake in in one of the big mm-hmm. finish finish edition of the phantom book mm-hmm. and he was he was pretty much the most popular of the secondary series the mandrake was yes yeah yeah it's interesting i i just um i never really got to read any of the mandrake stuff when i was younger um, occasionally I would see Mad Magazine spoof uh, Mandrake, but uh, I never really got into that. And even when Defenders of the Earth was on television, uh, I kind of knew who the characters were from that. But um, I knew more about the Phantom and more about um, Flash Gordon than I ever did about Mandrake. So it's kind of interesting that it's kind of flipped uh, there in Finland for you. Yes, and I think most most of the people who who read the fandom at the time and even before before my time it it was one of the most most of the long longest running comic books in in Finland actually oh cool cool around yeah. if i'm correct i would say about 60 or 70 years even mhm yeah oh yeah mandrake has been around since the 1930s and so you're looking at he's as old as superman well he's older than superman uh, older than Batman. So, you know, he yes. predates a lot of people. Uh, my guess is that Mandrake is the precursor to uh, Zatara Zatanna, uh, who is uh, Zatanna's father in the comics, and that yes. DC I'm... kind of just kind of lifted, in quotes, lifted uh, and made their own version of, of Mandrake in the form of uh, Zatara. Yes, I'm almost positive about yeah. that. Because the look is, I mean, down to everything exactly the same. Yes, and if I'm completely honest, I I would like to tell a story about the Mandrake the Magician. Yeah, please, go ahead. Dead. Yes, it's actually the first time I've ever seen a, a black person in, in any oh, kind right. of leading, mm-hmm. leading role mm-hmm. in, in any kind of story. Right. 
because yeah i live in finland and to be honest first time i saw live black person is like it was like in 1994 mm, okay <laughs> and that that that's not a joke right but yeah i he was lothar i if i'm not completely mistaken and mm-hmm. he, he's the longest running mandrake kind of a sidekick or, or a companion person right. who was there and i always thought that lothar was was the actual hero he you, was would, like the, you would think that he was because isn't it always mandrake is the one getting in trouble and lothar comes in to save him yes and it was like the same kind of situation with the what was the name of the oh green hornet are you talking about green K-Tower? hornet and, mm-hmm. and yeah and bruce lee mm-hmm. who was the who was the sidekick but actually in i've heard lots of stories about from china and there there the bruce lee character was actually the leading character yeah the, that's what they thought of in china yes yes but yes I just thought I'd share my story about yeah, thank you for doing that. And... Yeah, thank you so much for doing that. Anything else going on this week? Nothing or much. Things you got planned for the weekend? Perhaps I'm going to my friend's summer cottage okay. tomorrow. I'll be there fishing and sauna and drinking beer for a few few days. That sounds like a good time. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Jarmo, thanks so much for calling in. Thanks, Stephen. All right, bye. Yo, bye-bye. That's so nice to hear from our friends internationally. Um, question a moment ago. Let me see where it is. There's a couple of them. Uh, what do you think of the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon series? I find a mix of campy and uh, oddly adult. Ten episodes in, I'm sh- still not sure I like it. The first season of uh, Batman Brave and the Bold is a little odd because you have to make that adjustment from... Um, I don't remember who is it, uh, Kenny? No, not Kenny Baker. Dietrich Bader, I think, is doing Batman's voice, and so you have to get that adjustment underway because uh, that came right on the heels of not Justice League Unlimited, um, but certainly the um, uh, the Teen Titans series, not Teen Titans Go, but the um, younger, more adult version of the Teen Titans. What is that? The only ran like two seasons. So there's that adjustment you have to get used to, and then yes, it is definitely based on the Silver Age Batman stories uh, and Batman Brave and the Bold. In fact, as the series progresses and if you've got the comic book knowledge and Matthew and I've talked about this on the Major Spoilers podcast multiple times to the point where I think some of the listeners were getting tired of it, where we were actually kind of talking about, well, this particular episode is an adaptation of this comic book. And so that whole series, they're just going through and adapting the comics a whole bunch. Once you get past the first season where... Um, there's some oddity going on. They're still trying to figure out how characters pair up with one another. How does Green Arrow fit into this? How does Blue Beetle fit into this? Once you hit the uh, second season, they start going into much, much longer and more intricate story arcs. And you'll notice that those little segments at the beginning of the episode before the beginning credits take place, um, over time, those start to develop a much larger story uh, leading up to, I think it's at the midpoint of season two, a Starro invasion. So if you get to the point where you see the challengers of the unknown and they found this um, meteorite and they're kind of scratching your he- their heads and then it just cuts to the credits and you never hear from that and again, that's the beginning of the Starro invasion. And it's so fascinating to watch those little things play out as the season progresses. So unfortunately, they did cancel 
uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold far sooner than I think they should have. I think they could have gone easily another three or four more seasons. And towards the end, it gets to be a fantastic series. So I would I would stick with it. Um, and I would say don't just jump to season two because there are some real gems in season one. I think there's one that my my son really likes, and I think it's a season one episode where um, the Phantom and is it Dr. Fate, I think, are trying to weigh the cost or no, it's the Spectre and um, Phantom Stranger are weighing whether or not to let Batman know who killed his 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 uh, parents and what Batman would do with that knowledge. It's, it's a really good episode. And I was really surprised that my oldest son, it's, that's one of his as well. So definitely I did um, do enjoy that and highly recommend it. Let's go to the phone lines now. Hi, who is this? Good afternoon, Stephen. It's Nato. How hey, are you, Nate, sir? How are you doing? I'm doing really good. It is Friday. I'm doing pretty good. It is Friday. I've had two weeks of crazy at work, but, yeah? you know. All the storms blew through without an issue? Uh, well, yeah, the tropical storm hit up north. Ah, a little bit higher so, north than where you were at? Yeah, near Jacksonville and, and stuff like that. So they had some some mild flooding, nothing too crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, it was, wasn't too bad. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Hall, who does the Wayne's Comics podcast for us and also writes on the site, he actually got delayed in going home. I guess he's from Orlando, I think, or Miami, I forget where. But he had gone north to one of the comic conventions and couldn't make it all the way home because of the storms. He had to stay an extra night, I think, in Georgia or Tennessee um, to um, to wait out the storm. Yeah, my my mom came home Monday morning, early morning or whatever, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Alaska. She went on a cruise and stuff up there. So she almost got trapped uh, uh, in Texas. So she had a, one more day or during that day. So they, they, they pretty much shut everything down once a storm comes through. So. Yeah, yeah. So what else is going on besides the, the wind and the weather? Uh, uh, not much. Uh, actually, I updated my, my PlayStation 4 because I was deleting and adding and removing because my son, he's been playing a whole bunch of stuff and DLCs and everything like mm-hmm. that. So I actually, actually upgraded it to a, a two two terabyte hard drive in it. Oh, cool. So Is that, that, is that, that hard fun. to do? It is not It is not hard to do at all, actually. Um even if you go, even if you Google it, Sony shows you exactly what to do. It's oh, not okay. like not a secret. I mean, yeah. it's like slip this cover off, pull the hard drive off. But you, the, there's two main things. Is mm-hmm. one, you have to back up everyone's saved data mm-hmm. on each profile. Oh, okay. So, and you have to do it one game at a time. Yeah, that takes a while. Then. Yeah, it is a pain in the butt. Yeah. So. I, you know, I went to each person, went to each saved data, baked everything up, and then you download, it's about a gig file onto a, a floppy disk mm-hmm. or uh, on a USB. USB, yeah. Yep, you swap out the hard drives, and then you, which is very easy. It's just like a regular computer hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, put it in, boot it up. Um, you hold, I think you hold the power button for like seven seconds. It goes into like a, a safe mode, mm-hmm. and you put it in, and boop. It wow. loads, uh, okay. loads the OS right off the jump drive. Well, I know you on the have X- to make sure that the folder is has to be a specific. It's like it has to, I think, be like Sony and oh, right, right. PS4 or something. But yeah, like yeah. I said, it's all in the documentation that they send you. And then basically, it took me about a day and a half to download all the updates, mm-hmm. install all the DLCs, and do all that other BS. You know, download mm-hmm. any yeah, yeah. downloadable content that I had. So yeah. you know, re 
reinstalling everything was a pain in the butt, but man, it is perfect. Well, I, I probably need to, I, I wonder if there's something like that on the Xbox because we've kind of tried to move away from physical discs for a lot of the video game stuff. And we just do everything downloadable content and, and downloadable games. And on the Xbox, I mean, we've only got like maybe eight games on there. And the drive is almost completely full, so I'm a little disappointed yeah. on that. The PlayStation we don't have that much problem with because it's here in my office, and I'm really the only one that plays on it. So um, uh, that's not even close to being full there. Yeah, uh, yeah. What else? Uh, but th- th- that um, actually, th- th- one thing is, I finished the first season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. good. Yeah. Uh, I like the whole ending thing with everything with the dragons and stuff. I thought it was neat. I started watching season two. Uh-huh. I'm not, I don't see what all the hoopla is about about the show, mm-hmm. but I mean, besides all the extra adult activities that happen, right? Um, it's it's some good plotting and some good storytelling and stuff. But it's just like eh, it, it's good. I mean, it's got my attention, so I want to see where it goes. Um, but the funny thing is, is because I'm using HBO Go, is kind of flipping through there, and I already know what the next series I'm going to watch is. Which is? Deadwood. Yeah, Deadwood. If you haven't seen that, that is a fantastic series. I tell everybody, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just surprised at the number of people, because that's ultimately, Deadwood is what got me into getting an HBO subscription. Uh, a long time ago, I used to do a tech show with my friend Charlie White, and he was always talking about Deadwood, and he's like, oh, go get it. And I got like the first season on DVD or something, or it was a free preview weekend. And I saw Deadwood and I was like, holy crap, I've got to finish watching this, this show. And, um, I think that was into the, not quite the third season, but at one point, uh, when my wife had a whole weekend off, we just sat around and started Deadwood from the beginning and worked our way all the way through three seasons of that. Uh, just doing nothing but, but binge watching that. And it is a fantastic show. I don't think you will be disappointed in it. Um, it does have a lot of really harsh language, um, so you do want to oh, be careful wow. of that. But if for any young kids around, but um, other than that, it is it is really good drama. And cool. also, yeah, unfor- I, I also unfortunately, it's a it's a show time. that ended too soon. Yeah, I know you've you've complained about that yeah. as well. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, and the only other thing is I want to bring up, um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I was, um, I don't know what I was watching on TV, but all of a sudden, I guess Lego, there's been this whole weird thing this year about like kids and dads and like a whole, I don't know, with advertising and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed it, but it's with dads. But Lego is doing this big push with Lego, uh, Lego.com slash dad. Mm-hmm. So they're like encouraging everyone to like post pictures and do yeah. a whole bunch of stuff because Father's Day is coming up and stuff. So ah. I was I thought that was a kind of a neat little thing that Lego was trying to do to get, you know, interaction with dads and kids and stuff like that. Oh, that's so. really cool. Yeah, we're looking at the page right now. Yeah, that looks really neat. I think I have seen a couple of commercials uh with that. Um and yeah, kids building together is really a lot of fun. My youngest has become a Lego maniac more so than my oldest. <laughs> And he's just building stuff every day. And he's like, well, maybe dad, you and I can sit down this weekend and we can build a city or a town together. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And he's always adding things on and building things. And he's at the point now where he's, where he's actually asking, can I, can I help you do your Lego videos every week? So I think probably next year he will be uh, popping up more and more in, in videos. So it's, it's a good time. So, but that's about it this weekend. I'm probably going to relax. I think I'm going to, is this a Voltron 
Voltron is out. Today. Yeah, Voltron yeah. is out. It came out today. All of the episodes are out there, so you can binge watch them. There are, what is it, uh, the first one is an hour-long premiere, and then the rest are, I think there's 10, 22-minute uh, pieces or 10, 30-minute pieces. So you're getting a lot of Voltron uh, right away. Um, and I have not watched it yet. But uh, not def- had a chance to either. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna watch it this weekend and see how it compares because I still have the re well they remastered them but it was I want to say five six seven years ago they actually came out with a full Voltron collection mm-hmm. in these metal tins and each one was the lion. Oh, cool. So you had you know the first one was blue and then green yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah you know, and each each lion was a season and. It was, it's a big, it's like a, just like a case, little yeah. metal case. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think it should be pretty interesting. I don't know. It looks like um, uh, some people are rewatching the series right now. Um, I thought I had some information about how many episodes there are. Maybe somebody in the in the YouTube chat will shout it out. I'm pretty sure there's 10 30-minute episodes. So you've got, you know, 11 episodes to get you started in this first season. Hey, I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Let me ask you a question. Does right. does uh, your company uh, ever sell? You know, I like those. Uh, like when I go to the to the WalMarts or I go to a, a fast food restaurant or something, and they have the big. It's not really a vending machine, but it's a it's a glass refrigerator. You see them on the end aisles at at uh, shopping stores. Does your company oh, yeah. sell yeah. those? Because you can buy little mini refrigerators with glass fronts, but I've always kind of been fascinated with the sliding door. Um, you know, kind of bigger size cooler to put drinks and stuff in. And I didn't know if, if your company ever just sold those directly or if you had to wait I, for I, somebody else to go out of business first. No, actually, how this, how that system works is is Publix or whoever will, they have a contract to, of course, sell pro- our product. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, part of that contract is, hey, we give you this cooler. Ah, you, okay. you have this cooler for free because you're supplying our product. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we do have, we call it an MEM department. I think it's machine equipment maintenance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the ones that handle all that stuff a lot of times too. And, and there are times where you can actually purchase some of those older older ones because yeah. we own all that equipment. Yeah. So yeah. I got I got always inquire because I know we used to have an MEM department locally where I worked, but now they're pretty much just installs and minor refurbs. Mm-hmm. And all the like major stuff is done out of um out of Lakeland. I remember a, a friend of mine a long, long time ago, this was like twenty years ago, uh was living in Pomona, California. And uh, I went to go visit his house and that they had something like that was their actual refrigerator. I don't remember if it was an actual uh, soda company uh, cooler like that, but they had a sliding door set up and they weren't using it for deep freeze stuff. But, you know, their fruits and vegetables would go in there and their their soda drinks would go in there. And uh, I was like, man, I really would love to have one of those. So I didn't know if that's if they were available. I know I can get like classic coolers. Um you know, the old 1950s and 60s coolers uh, that they yeah. used to have outside of, uh, you know, gas station stuff. I know that you can buy those, um, but those are a little bit different. Th- those are vending machines. And um, uh, a lot of antique stores will have those. But I was looking yeah. for sliding glass door. So it's good to know. Yeah. Right. yeah. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, they'll even sell you like an actual vending machine. Oh, really? I remember there's. 
there there was um there's because down here we have the Miami Dolphins um and they we we actually have the contract for that stadium and oh, a lot okay. of times some of the players will buy these vending machines for like their game room or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they'll you know they stock it themselves and stuff but you know they have like a big Mountain Dew thing oh, or neat. yeah um I know when we had Jeff Gordon and um the NASCAR people I know they have them in their their garages and stuff with their logos and decals all over that stuff too but I know like you know something like that I know that you can purchase through somehow Cool. But I know we've sold them to people like that. Too, okay. So. Well, I didn't know if there was an official way or if I just had to end up going on to eBay and paying like $2,500 for some of these things. So I can always ask. All right. Thanks, Nate. I can ask. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're, hey, you know, hey. you guys just want to get some, you know, product placement in the background of some of our shows, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, we do have a, we do have a distribution facility in Hayes. So yeah, I know it's uh yeah. Yep. It's uh, literally just on the other end of town from me. Literally a five yeah. minute drive. Yep. Cool. All right, Nate. Thank you so much for right. calling in, man. It's always a joy to have you call in and uh hopefully we will see you tomorrow during the live stream. You shall. All right, man. Take care. All right. Thank Bye. you, sir. Bye. All right. So a couple of questions that I was uh uh flipping through. Uh someone said, What is my current Hearthstone deck? I you know, I got a couple of decks built um a while ago before the new um Elder Gods expansion released or the Cthulhu expansion. It's not really Cthulhu, but that's what it's based on. Uh, I had an awesome Murloc deck that the only problem with it was that there were like three cards that had to come out early in the game. And if those three cards came out early in the game, you could totally dominate uh, the game. And so I, I could jump easily 10 levels um, in one setting when uh, I was playing with my Murloc deck. I have not cobbled together a um, an Elder Gods deck yet. It's something I want to do. But uh, Willie Dills uh, from the Angry Chicken podcast helped me craft my Murloc um, deck, oh, a couple of years ago, like four years ago. Uh, problem is I just really don't have time to play video games. I was talking about the PS4 that's sitting literally right next to me, and um, I want to do more uh, Stephen Plays stuff. But by the time I have time in the afternoon, it's like 3.30, which gives me less than an hour to try to record something before I have to go get the kids. And there's other things that I'm trying to get caught up on as well, business stuff that I try to get caught up on. So I don't get to play the PlayStation as much. The kids have taken over the Xbox, so I don't get to play that. Uh, Speaking of old machines, there's nothing uh, I want more than a uh, coffee-style table arcade game, says Jarmo. My wife bought me one last year for my birthday, like a year ago, I've got to play it like six times since it's been here. And maybe actually two years ago uh, that she bought that for me for my birthday. It's a lot of fun if you can get one of those. Uh, I do believe they sell them on Amazon. Uh, so if you're using that link uh, at Major Spoilers, you could uh, kick a little bit back our way. But those do exist, and we have one in our game room. We also have a foosball table that we bought uh, years ago. Funny story about that that I'll tell everyone another time. Uh, but that also, we hardly ever get time to play just because we're so busy with other stuff. And now that the kids are getting older, uh, we're busy with soccer and school and plays and all of that stuff. So I wish I had more time to do more videos and more video game playing, but I just don't at the moment, which is which is a shame. Uh, another question about Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. Had I had a chance to watch that, I did watch Electra Woman and Dinah Girl last night. A uh, couple of things is it's not as campy 
as the um, as the original show. Um, I think it's very well done, but you can feel there's an air of cheapness about it. Um, they did not spend a lot on special effects, and there are probably only five kind of special effect moments in the movie, and a lot of the stuff has been trimmed down so that you might see what, uh, like they have these new guns, these new bracelets that shoot out and take down the bad guys. You see a shot of Electra woman shooting off her bolt and taking down one of the bad guys. And that's your special effect. And then everything else is kind of a cutaway shot. And you just see the villains jumping through the shot. You're like, ah, but like they've been shot. And so they've kind of cheapened it down on that front. Um, there is a lot of, I think, underlying commentary that people can read about it, especially about uh, role of superheroes, uh, commercialism, selling out, the role of women in comics. Uh, all of that can be seen and interpreted as the movie progresses, and I think they handle that very well. Uh, there is one clever bit where Electra Woman is literally drinking the Kool-Aid of what uh, a uh, Hollywood agent is trying to sell her, and uh, it, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was very tropey. It was very predictable. Um, I would like to see a sequel, but I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world. And the other thing I was really surprised on is that the movie is only 81 minutes long. It's like if they could have carved out another 10 minutes, 12 minutes, they could have had it 95 and then they could have gone for a, um, a much larger theatrical release. And I think that would have done the movie wonders. Uh, I think this is a good movie for... Um, anybody to check out. I mean, if you even if you have never heard of Electro Woman and Dino Girl, you don't need to. None of that is established here. But um, if you pay attention and you know uh, all about Chekhov's gun, then you will understand uh, how the end of the movie uh, comes about. And you'll see the end of the movie coming from a mile away. But it was still enjoyable. Uh, and uh, the other thing that I was really surprised in is the... Um, I was expecting them to use more internet celebrities in the movie as cameos and whatnot since um, Helbing and, um, oh, I forget the the two actresses' names, um, since they're big internet celebrities and since Legendary Pictures owns both Nerdist and um, uh, Geek and Sundry, I was expecting Felicia Day to show up. I was expecting Chris Hardwick to make an appearance, um, but none of that happened in the movie, which so I was a little disappointed on, in that just from the sense of, hey, use the talent that you own kind of kind of way. Um, but Electro Woman and Dino Girl is a good movie and, and worth checking out. And then finally, let's see, Electro Woman, Dino Girl, Voltron, oh, Game of Thrones series. I have a question about that in that um, for those of us like Nate who are watching Game of Thrones in you know in bulk watching it one after the other binge watching it i wonder if some of the excitement about the series is diminished because you don't have that week's anticipation between episodes like you know something like the red wedding happens and that concludes or the hold the door episode happens and you're like holy cow what does that mean or the whole thing with john snow at the end of last season and you have to wait the off season to find out how that is resolved or if it is resolved. And that brings up anticipation and incitement. So I wonder if, if, if shows that we see on Netflix, like Voltron, like daredevil, like Jessica Jones, if, if the anticipation and excitement about those shows is diminished slightly because you don't have to wait to find out what happens. You can just flip the, you know, flip to the next episode and begin watching right away. Um, 
I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. 785-727-1939 just says, yes, Grace Helbig and Hannah Hart. Those are the Electro Woman and Dyna Girl. They do a great job. I really like their dynamic as both of those characters, and I thought they did a, a fantastic job with that. So um, what else do we have? Let me scroll back up here and see what I've missed. Uh, yep, some people say they love Stephen plays. I love doing them too. I just, I, I also, since uh, upgrading the systems in here, have not had a chance to hook the PlayStation up to this um, uh, Mac uh, Pro system, as opposed to when I was in the other room having it all run through a um, through a laptop. Yes, yeah, so sh- shipping big stuff does cost an arm and a leg. Yep, I play Pac-Man too. When I went to the um, uh, when I, before I got married and before I had a washer dryer in the house, I, I would still go down to the laundromat and the laundromat uh, here in town still has a Ms. Pac-Man game. One of the original Ms. Pac-Man games, although the the um, the box, the outside of it has been pretty banged up. But I would sit there and I'd buy, you know, it cost about ten dollars and quarters to wash and dry my clothes. So I'd get like twenty dollars of quarters and I would spend, you know, five of that uh, playing Ms. Pac-Man, ten on laundry and another dollar or two on snacks. So uh, Ms. Pac-Man and Pac-Man, you can still find in a lot of uh, locations around here. Uh, There's a place in Kansas City. It's on Metcalf Avenue. I think it's called the Game Warehouse. They sell a lot of those classic arcade and pinball machines if you're in this region. And I'm pretty sure that they will ship to you. Um, I don't know about overseas, but I think they will ship within a 200-mile radius or something like that. Um, So... um, Definitely go check that out. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Ray says, my wife had that Game of Thrones binge watch problem with the Doctor Who series. She watched them um, all at once and didn't feel uh, feel it too hard when Tenet died. Okay, I can see a lot of people uh, getting that way. Um, I was still just as scared watching the X-Files one after another without breaks. Says Jess, um, he's and Jarmo says I think it's the same for almost every show. If there are if they're available right away, I'll watch them all in one go, almost certainly. Uh, but when I think about it, I definitely want to watch them weekly. And I tried to do that. I tried to do that with um, season two of Daredevil, where instead of trying to watch them and rush through them, and I think the first season I watched in like two days, two or three days. With season two, I intentionally said uh, the max I'm going to watch is two episodes a night, so that it takes me a week or more to get through the entire season. Um, so that's that's interesting to see. Um, but Ray says, I didn't feel that bad with Daredevil season one or two, or Jessica Jones felt like a long, long movie. Yeah, I, I can see that too. And when I rewatched, when I watched uh, Daredevil again for the second time, the first season for the second time, I just binge watched it right through and you're right, it, it just reads like a giant, fantastic movie. So 785-727-1939 or Stephen underscore Schleicher on Skype if you're over there at Alpha Geek Radio and you want to tune in or call in and um, chat with us, you certainly can. That's one of the nice things about Alpha Geek Radio and why we are happy to be simulcast there as well is that you can be driving in your car and listening to Alpha Geek Radio on your mobile device and uh, you can just put it in pause and you can pick up the phone and call us on your way home or on your way to the parking lot or while you're picking up your kids from school or wherever that you may be. Uh, A lot of nice comments. I want to thank everybody for your kind comments about this week's Major Spoilers podcast. It was kind of planned to be, it was actually supposed to be three interviews, but one of them kind of had to drop out at the last minute. But um, the, um, the conversations that I had with 
Tom Merritt about his book Pilot X and with um, uh, Ethan Arvid or Arvid, Arvid Ethan David, uh, who is producing the new Dirk Gently series for BBC America. Uh, thank you, everybody, who uh, commented about how much they enjoyed the interviews that we did. We will be doing more interviews as we go forward. Uh, but this week, I knew that I wanted to have like three um, creators, three creator interviews uh, right away, uh, and that everybody was going to have just kind of a general week off. And instead of everybody just literally taking a week off, we spent that time and recorded a couple of top five episodes so we can kind of get a little bit more ahead on that. So, uh, But thank you, everyone, who enjoyed that talk. Here's an interesting thing. If you know anything about uh, the subject matters that we discussed in this week's podcast, there is a hidden connection between all of them. Uh, and one person said, is it time travel? I'm like, yeah, you're really close, but not quite. But if you can uh, find that connection, uh, let me know, and it may, it may surprise you. Hey, look, everybody, it's Matt. Matt, what's going on with you, man? Hey, I finally got uh, off early enough to be able to catch a little bit well, thanks. The, in the car on the way. Thanks for calling in. And Matt, if uh, listeners, uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Matt has written a fantastic uh, little article and, and review about escape rooms. Uh, Matt, what is an escape room? You, you know about this. You've uh, been doing some research on it. Uh, well, an escape room is kind of this new niche sort of uh, game where you'll, you'll get a group of people and you'll go to some storefront and mm-hmm. you go in and with your group of however many, two to like eight, something like that, and you'll book a room and they will put you in this room and give you a scenario of, of whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Basically solve all these puzzles and then they'll let you out. Or if the time runs out, you know, you'll lose right. kind of thing. So it's a I, I really, I really kind of like this idea. I know Brian Brushwood participated in one uh, not too long ago that he talked about, and it sounds a lot of fun because it it takes group work to come up with the solution in order to get out in time. And I really dig that. And listeners, I'd encourage you to go over there and and read uh, Matt's article about escape rooms as well as uh, some, I guess, they're board game versions of escape room uh, that you can play at yeah, home the, as well. Yeah, the escape room in a box is because uh, some of those because they're real elaborate. There's mm-hmm. big rooms with lots of props and the oh, scenarios cool. are pretty in depth. Um, but they're kind of spendy because they have overhead, they have a storefront, they have yeah. a staff and they have all these things and they got to change it up. Cause you can really only play it once. Once mm-hmm. you know how to win, then you can't play it again. Right. The, the little ones in a box, I, I bought one off of Amazon and it was like, okay, you know, 20 bucks. And I played it at home. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know if I'll, I'll like this or not. And it turns out it was it was great because it was four of us that usually play mm-hmm. on a weeknight, and it it took all four of us because certain puzzles each of us were were really good at, and there was stuff. Oh, that cool. Like, I just I don't I don't I can't see that because my mind doesn't work with yeah, the squiggly yeah. pipes. I just, yeah. I can't. But some of the other puzzles, I'm like, oh well, this is probably how we do this. You know, mm-hmm. they're not even done reading the directions. I'm like, I think I solved this one over here. Ah, uh, cool. Now, are those also the the ones in a box, the ones that you can play at home? Uh, are those also basically one time games? They are, um, and it's they're kind of cheap uh, for twenty bucks. I mean, it's it's like nineteen puzzles, just a couple of hours. Um, okay. There's other games that are like that, like Time Stories. Yes, that's the other one that I was going to ask you about. If that's basically a one and done, and you're kind of spoiled afterwards. Um, but, but I like to do, because I run a lot of events for other people, mm-hmm. like, you know, I can write all my games 
Mm-hmm. Um, like even at Nerdtacular, I would have no problem bringing this escape room from the box because it comes with instructions on how to put it all back together. So oh, cool. Envelopes have all their pieces and you just, you know, you just seal them up as best as you can with the, with the little tape. And then it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, who wants to run this next? And no, no spoilers. Nobody, nobody be cheating. Mm-hmm. So you know, just put them in the corner and be like, all right, go. Oh, that's cool. I take it to the, to the game shop and they, they managed to eight of them They're and they're like hardcore gamers. So the puzzles are, are totally their thing. Yeah, I think it was. I think they were done in thirty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely want to try one of these. I want to go to a location and, and try one because uh, it just sounds like a lot of fun. So, what else is going on? Uh, lots of work, classes. I actually took a I'm finishing up my first photography class. Oh, neat! Cool. How do you like it? So, um, there's a lot of stuff there. I thought I kind of had a pretty good grip on it. Just kind of, you know. Mm-hmm flipping through some magazines, looking on some how-to websites. No, you got to... Right. Yeah, it's it's really gotta, a craft. You got to get with somebody who knows and, like, put some time into, like, figuring out what is actually happening. Yeah, now is <laughs> your... There's a lot of stuff. You know, um, I learned photography a long time ago when I was, gosh, my son's age, probably eight years old is when I started with photography. Um and of course, by then it was all still film based. And so in addition to learning about aperture and film speed and uh, rule of thirds and all of that stuff, uh, we also had to learn about how to take film out of the container and develop it and, you know, make prints and all that stuff on your own. I'm guessing today they don't do that anymore, right? Yours is all digital uh, photography. It is. I actually, in high school, I was on the yearbook because I was one of the more responsible ones. I got to be in the dark room. So I got to mess with some developer and some, you know, putting the canister in that black bag and keeping up your hands and then blindly cracking open that thing and rolling it up and shaking it with the stuff. Chemicals smell so bad. Yeah. Um, and my mom, my mom used to do a little bit of photography, so I actually have all of her, um, lenses. Her oh, glass, cool. Nice. Um, for Minolta, which doesn't exist. So yeah. I had to do a bunch of research and I found um, that Sony has a line of cameras that will accept that. Uh-huh. I've got, so I, I still have, have, I still have an Olympus lens from back when I, back in the late eighties that I used a lot and still like, and I just need to get an adapter so it will work on my cannons, but it's, it's a great lens still. And, uh, and it's been kind of fun. I mean, I, I went on eBay and got a, and, and shopped around for like 200 bucks, you know, for just a little starter Sony digital setup kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it's been pretty fun. I go to all the board gaming events and take pictures of things, cool. post them up and send links to the, Hey, you guys ran this event. Here's a bunch of pictures, you know, do yeah. whatever. Yeah, now you need to now you need to start parlaying that into event photography and become the official paid photographer for these events. I'm I'm working on it. There's a there's a few more classes. I like to I, I have a some grand plans. Of course my plans are always changing like my <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. How to videos turned into being a mobile game library. I don't yeah. I'm not really sure how that happened, but have you started doing any of that yet? With the mobile um, game library? I have, I have three events where I will run the open gaming, similar to like, it'd be kind of like Nerdtacular, where I right. play a bunch of games, only I will have a shelf, I will have barcode software, and I oh, will neat. have a staff of three or four people who are, when you show up, 
and you want a game, I have someone who can either teach you mm-hmm. or play with you or get you in a group. Yeah, I think I wish to... I really wish that more game stores had setups like that. You know, um one of my favorite game stores, Tabletop up in Kansas City, they moved to a new location, so they have a much bigger game room than what they did before. But I would really love, you know, if I'm going in and I'm like, well, I heard about this game. I'm not really sure about it. You know, like, for example, I bought Machikuru, which um, I just love. Uh, Machikuru, yeah. Um, But before I bought it, I wish that they would have said, hey, why don't we come over here to the game room real quick and we'll show you how to play the game. That way you can decide whether you want to buy it or not. And that they had people that, you know, would do those things as opposed to just, well, here's how the game works or here's, you know, kind of what the mechanics are without really showing you how to do it. So I, I wish there were stores that would do something like what you're describing with your mobile game group, uh, because I think that'd be a big bonus for people wanting to learn how to play. There's a few stores that will, will have like a demo shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you know, if you can find it and get it out, they might, depending on how they're staffed, they might have time to come help you. Yeah. Um, some, some stores will do, they call them splashes. Mm, it's one of these, okay. uh, the companies that I kind of work with. There's a bunch of publishers and just like this weekend coming up on the 11th and the 12th, mm-hmm. there's probably a hundred game stores and maybe not quite a hundred, but a lot of game stores. Yeah. Everybody for five hours will be running a game called 51st state. Oh, cool. So the whole weekend across all over the place, Colorado, Nebraska, Florida, Maine, Hawaii. Oh, that sounds cool. Somebody will be running this game. So you go into the game store from like noon to five on Saturday or Sunday or, mm-hmm. or whenever they should have some information posted. And, okay, and, cool. You know, somebody can walk you through that game. It might not be the game that you're interested in. Right, right. You know, but uh, that's what conventions, if you can get to a convention, you know, if you have yeah, a, conventions a seem to be your, the best. Conventions seem to be the best place to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a guy come into my last convention that I was open that he had a list of about a dozen games and he just went through all right you guys have this one uh no how about this one yes like i'm checking it out had his little checklist and these are the games i want to play because i've heard things he wrote them down he went he played we had about uh 15 games we probably had 10 but oh, then cool. he played another whole bunch of games and wrote them down so that he could go yeah most of those. most of the time for me it's like if i hear about a game then the first thing I do is I go over to YouTube and see if there's a playthrough or a how-to or something like that um, and and try to watch those so I can get a feel for how the game works. And then um, we make it up to Kansas City, uh, probably, because our, our local Hastings does not have a bunch of, of games, which I'm disappointed in. Um, but we'll go up to Kansas City, and then we'll buy like $500 worth of games or something. Uh, we went up there, and I was um, bought the Machikuru game, and I said, well, let's let's try this out. And we went back to the hotel and um, my son and I played like four games in a row while we were waiting to go to dinner. And we were both like, oh, this is a really fun game. So we then we went to dinner and then right after dinner, I was like, let's go back to the game store and buy those two expansions for it. And then we came back to the hotel room and we played another four games before my wife joined in. And we played another four after that. So uh, by the end of the, the time, my son was like, this is my new favorite game to play. And uh, he's right. It's it's a fun game. So I, that one got played at, at this last Nerdtacular that mm-hmm. happened. Um, the can, the Canadian contingent, uh, oh, Marco yeah. and uh, uh, Miss Magra, Magra, yeah, Barb, yeah. Uh, they were at the table, and uh, it's, and we were played, and it, it got 
it got pretty silly, you know, a bunch of, bunch of grown-ups playing. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody there, everybody there just is always having a good time. It yeah. was a it was a pretty pretty popular game that weekend. So what is what is the the new big game that everybody It seems like the Timescapes game. Isn't that what it's called, Timescapes? Time Stories. Time Stories. That seems to be the one that everyone's hot on, but I I I don't know about it because I want a game that has some repeatability to it and this one I'm I know they have a lot of expansions that keep coming out new new uh, setups but I'm a, I'm worried about you know investing in a system that you're going to play once and then that's it it's kind of a weird system if it was a, priced a little less because you're, mm-hmm. you're essentially buying the core box which right. has a module built in and then you buy modules but mm-hmm. they're they're a little high for the most of the gamers are we're fairly frugal or at least you know yeah, yield yeah. hunters right we're, right I don't pay full price. Right. So, so um, Pandemic what, Legacy is the most popular game, like, by far. Yeah, that's what everything. I, I see that one as well. What's the What's the one that uh, also, is it a Pandemic game where you, like, put stickers all over the board and uh, the game evolves? Yeah, that's the that that legacy part of it, okay. where you'll play a game, and depending on how that game goes, good stuff or bad stuff will happen. You can right. put more research stickers down or if you had an outbreak the town is now mm-hmm. something happened or this crazy mutated virus will happen and yeah one town will get blown up or, or whatever the case is and so you, your your play will differ will be different from somebody else's right you can get about 15 to 20 plays out of that box that, that's what i heard which that, is pretty good and isn't there already done. is there an expansion for that too or is there something what's the one that is pandemic that has like a season two and it comes out in seasons is that yeah, that one will come out and it'll be another legacy um there's other types of pandemic regular pandemic mm-hmm, has right. like four expansions right but I, yeah because i i had seen the uh, season two pandemic stuff was being either advertised or being sold at the store and i was like i'm pretty sure this is the game that rob and brian won't stop talking about <laughs> because that but it but it, that's the new hot one right that's the one that everybody wants to play yep all right cool so there's there's uh I think what what another popular one would be. I keep getting a bunch of bunch of all kinds of. I I went to a British themed convention and ended up taking a bunch of like Scotland Yard and oh, neat. for Doctor Who and yeah yeah Sheriff of Nottingham and Monty Python. Oh, uh, cool, cool, cool. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for calling in this week. I really appreciate yep. it, and uh, thanks for that great article that you wrote up there on Major Spoilers. Sure. Okay. Get back on, get back on, and get working at those. All right, take care. Have a great weekend. All right. So nice to hear back from Matt. Been gone for a while. That's okay because people come and people go. Everybody works, have different work schedules, and sometimes people will join us as our guests, and sometimes not, and that's fine. Uh, Brad will I know was just in Nate. He was just in uh, uh, Disney World uh, last weekend. He may still be there. I don't know. I think they're back, but um, yeah, uh, it's always good to hear from people and talk with you and enjoy and reflect on the week that was with you. And I'm glad we're able to do this. And the only reason we're able to do this is because of our VIPs. And I'm hoping again that you'll consider becoming a Major Spoilers VIP by signing up at members.majorspoilers.com. A few bucks a month, that's all it costs. I mean, uh, there, there are patrons that are running out there that are charging you 10, 15 bucks because of the way they charge you per episode release or, or things like that. So we're just looking for $2 for a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. So chip in a cup of coffee once a month for us. Sign up to become a a member at members.majorspoilers.com. And here is the list of some of those VIPs. 
And we'll be back next week to talk with you again about the week that was, and we can all exclaim it's finally Friday. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend.